This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, episode 248, running into the financial hurricane with Mark Bashirs. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hello, financial revolutionaries, and welcome to this week's episode. Have you ever had life throw you a a massive curveball that just spun you off of your balance? You know, what looked like a sure thing ends up becoming a total disaster. That's what we're going to cover in our episode today. We're going to talk also about how we can turn financial hurricanes into major opportunities. Mark Bashirs is the president of Top Wealth Agenda. He is a bank-on-yourself professional, and he's helped his clients grow their wealth to achieve financial security and reach their personal and financial goals and dreams without the risk of worry or volatility of stocks, real estate, or other investments. Mark puts his clients on track to building more than $50 million of additional wealth they most likely would not have had otherwise through safe, proven financial strategies. That's why Mark's clients think of him as their, quote, secret weapon, helping them build and safeguard their wealth. So with that introduction, I gladly introduce you to my good friend and colleague, Mark Bashirs. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Nice to be with you. Mark, I want to start with first your story, your background. How did you first find out about this wild, crazy philosophy, concept, strategy known as bank on yourself? I wasn't looking for it. It found me. And it's kind of a long story, but I will try to paraphrase it. My original career out of college, I was a marketing background, business background, and I went to work in the hospitality, golf, and resort business. Found myself running major resorts in the country. And then next thing I know, I'm running the region from South Carolina all the way to where I live in Naples, Florida, uh, 11 resorts and uh, found myself working really hard weekends, nights and holidays. And right around 2002, I said, it's time for me to break out and go do something on my own. And I uh, really had my eye in real estate and real estate development. And being in South Florida at that time was a a booming real estate adventure, I'm going to call it. And so my first little project was as I, I found some land, I found a condominium development on the, on the water in Puna Gorda, organized a deal. And then back in those days, pre-sales was like super easy, which shocked me. And I pre-sold 140 contracts with 35% deposits, got that done in a month. Now, for our listeners, describe just quickly, what is a pre-sale? Pre-sale is a to-be-built piece of real estate. And we're going to go sell it before we build it. And back then there was an appetite for it. And uh, long story short is I sold it to a a lot of Europeans that were looking for Florida. I could name a few uh, celebrities that were on that list. So I marched into a bank at the young age of 32. I said, here's my pre-sales for this project to be built on the water. I'm only 32 granted and never done this before. And I put it on the desk, but it did have 35% deposits. And 
next thing you know, I signed up for a $40 million construction loan. I wasn't worthy of a $40 million construction loan. Just yeah, that'll so splash you. some cold water on your face right there. Yeah, and it got, but I was just marching. Everything was working. The plan was working. And sure enough, we're going up four stories. The buildings are looking great. We just marched into the finish line to make my first project and make my first profit. And had I, had I made that first profit, I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when things are too easy, someone upstairs says that was too easy. And sure <laughs> enough, Hurricane Charlie decides to move into town and blows over eight buildings, pushes wow. them to the ground. It was a direct hit. So I got to fast forward and then you got to go out and find the labor. You got to find the materials. You got to get everything back to normal, build it back up again. People don't talk about Hurricane Ivan, but it came across the East Coast and pushed me down again. So what happened? I lost time. You know, know, developers have builder risk insurance to put it all pieces back together. But from 2002, with two hurricane crashes and the real estate market starting to waver everything was looking shaky for me because we couldn't get these things closed because we couldn't get them finished and so i one day i marched into my attorney's office and i said i don't know what's going to happen if we can't if these buyers are going to hang in there to the finish line it's been so long and i don't know what's going to happen i owe 40 million dollars plus interest and if these buyers run or the real estate market crashes what do i do and so he went through a checklist of, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have this? He says, do you have any whole life insurance? And I got mad. I I looked at, I said, what kind of question is that? That you're asking me if I have life insurance, what is the bank going to take me out? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, Oh no, no. And don't get upset. He goes, but cash value life insurance in the state of Florida is creditor proof. And all of a sudden, this weird light went off in my head said, how come nobody told me? Now describe again, creditor proof, just for our audience. (laughs) So basically it's an asset that can't be pierced in the event you get sued for a debt. Just They they can't come take it if you get sued. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like one of the last little private assets that it really is yours and it it can't get pierced. Um, Fraud will get you in trouble, but I wasn't under any fraud. This was just Mm -hmm. purely... He wanted to know if I had any assets that would be creditor proof. And it was a fair question. And once he laid that out to me, again, the, the back of my mind was no one told me. And I thought I knew things about finance and that bugged me. And so literally that same week, I'm driving in my car and I hear a radio ad that says, you know, bank on yourself provides the benefits of this and this and this. And I'm like, well, what is that? So I call the number. I'll be darned. I call the number and I said, well, what is it? And they were a good marketing program where they really didn't tell you much. And I said, well, I have to hang up if you're not going to tell me what it is. And he said, well, we're talking about using cash value, dividend paying whole life insurance. So I'll be darned twice in the same week. I get poked with, do you have it or should you have it? And I said, I got to learn. So I I signed up to be contacted. Next thing you know, I'm speaking to an agent or a professional from Bank on Yourself. And once the education came flowing to me, I'm like, I wish I would have known. And then the second part of that was, if no one was telling me 
and I thought I was in the circle of good knowledge sharing, then I'll set up shop and I'll tell everybody. And that is what happened to me in 2000. The message was in 2008. I bought my first policy in 2009. Now I'm up to nine policies. We can talk about that later. But that's what's hooked me. And then again, what sold me is all of the benefits that I could have been using during that point in my life that I wasn't. So that's, that's, that's how I got introduced. And it's a, it's, I can't make up the story because it, it's, it was a painful time in my life. I got to tell you, but I, the education I got is priceless. Yeah. I was going to ask, what did it feel like when you were being faced with all these delays? You had the builder's insurance, like you said, but how did it yeah. feel? to lose that time, and then maybe even more, the confidence of your investors? It was taking years off my life. Whether you owe somebody $10,000 or $40 million, debt is a very stressful, stressful, uh, life-changing event. And seeing the, the clock ticking, because this wasn't just an open-end loan, you know, you, you got to pay it off, and, and they're expecting it to happen. And it was a collision course of, the market starting to stress, buyers getting frustrated. Now buyers worried they're going to get hit by a hurricane if they move in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and the pressure was mounting so seriously. The good news is most of the buyers closed, which got the bank settled. But the real profit in it by the 2006, seven. The prof, I couldn't give the remaining inventory away because the real estate market had gone all the way to zero. Yeah, a lot of folks don't realize that we all hear 2006 and seven and think the market was still going up, but that's not altogether true, right? It was already starting to show cracks and weakness. It was, it was when your barber had five condos that he bought <laughs> and now he can't sell them, everything was about to break. So I don't want to labor on that part of uh, our discussion today, but that's how I got introduced. Anyone ever wants to talk about it, when they contact me, (laughs) I I can tell hours and hours of stories. But at the end of the day, two people told me in the same week, have you heard of it? And you should learn it. And from that point, I've um, just loved what it's provided for me, my family, and other future opportunities. Tell me specifically how Bank on Yourself has changed your life, Mark, and specifically how Bank on Yourself plays a part in your just overall philosophy for living. (laughs) Like most of society, when I got out of college, got my first job, the HR department handed me my 401k packet and I blindly signed up for the 401k. And that would have been in 1992 and start building that up. And then by 1997, the little, uh, was called the Asian crash. And all of a sudden I saw my little 401k get really little. And I was like, what, what happened there? And then from, I got married in 1997 to my wife, who was an executive at a major bank. And from 1997 to 2008, I was so fortunate to benefit from the Asian crash, the dot-com crash, then 9-11, the real estate crash and then the mortgage meltdown. So I had, I had a great decade. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready to do it again, right? <laughs> oh, wasn't that fun? And what was the advice I was given? Put money into qualified plans, which is 401ks. And then your CPA would say, well, you can put money into an IRA. And then, but what did, 
taught me during that window of time and that time that I was going through in my real estate development where my cash or my capital was all tied up in, in jail. It was really unaccessible without paying taxes and penalties, which I was already having a hard enough time with the hurricane disasters, let alone cash strap. Because remember, during in real estate development, you don't get paid until the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my capital was in jail, and that was really, you know, frustrating. And all all too often, our twenty somethings in thirty somethings, they have a bigger need for capital than they understand they they need, and then. To have a a bank on yourself policy where you have liquidity at your access is when you can breathe at night because you are in control because you have capital. So how has it changed? So from 2009, my first policies, I repositioned just about every asset I had, regardless of what category it came from, and built up policies on myself and my wife. Now, the cool thing about having liquidity and capital that is guaranteed to grow and earn some dividends in a tax-favored environment is you can totally turn your hat backward and be the contrarian. You can be the guy waiting for things to go on sale. What What do I mean by that? Is I wanted to wait for the next crash and have capital ready to deploy at a moment's notice and be the first one in. And I'll be darned, it happened for me. But it was the opposite. I was always, as a 20-something, early 30-something, I got in, I, cha- I followed the herd into where things were happening, you know, which was tech and things like that. You know, I thought I could buy and make big money, good money. And it, it all failed me. All those st- trendy things that were happening that influence, you get influenced by your friends and things like that, media, are really dangerous. And so once I did a 180 degree turn on my financial life and said, I'm going to have all my chips where I can access them and wait, and I'll be darned. You know what happened, Mark? There was an oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. I live on the Gulf of Mexico. And what did it do to Fort Myers, Naples? Is it shut down the entire tourist industry, Hmm. crushed it, absolutely crushed it. You know, not only was the real estate market already in the tank, but now tourism's in the tank and a business opportunity showed up and quality real estate showed up at very inexpensive prices. And here's the funny thing. You want to buy, everyone says, I want to buy low and sell high, but can you do it? Yeah, that's just it. It's, there's a gut feeling. It's hard for folks to go back to the moment of 2008 or more recently, 2020. Tell me, what does it feel like to, to go against the herd? It's peaceful. It's easier. That's not what it, I would have expected someone to say. How is it peaceful and easier to go against the herd? Because do you want to pay market price and hope you make 15%? Or do you want to pay under market price by 30 or 40%? And even if it just gets back to where it was, you made twice as much money as you did trying to be in the know and in the now. And so back to that example, oil's in the water, a beautiful business opportunity shows up on the, as a waterfront restaurant. Remember I had hospitality resort background. 
Do you think a bank would lend me money to buy a restaurant with oil in the water? <laughs> They're probably running the other direction. They wouldn't touch it. They would actually laugh at you for asking because they could never get it by compliance. But I'll be darned if you have capital in, in a life insurance policy, no questions asked to get to your capital, you can make deals. And in that situation in 2011, after the oil was almost out of there, this business was still for sale and the price had dropped another 50%. And I still own it today. I have this beautiful waterfront restaurant uh, overlooking a sterile bay. I'd love to have any of you there. Fun, fun place to hang out, have a margarita. Cool. Um, but again, that business opportunity would never have happened had I not had capital to deploy. And so how did, there's one way it changed my life. And I'm looking for volatility now. What was the most recent volatility situation, Mark? We just went through it, right? 2020? Yeah. Wall Street did what? Went down 35, 40%. Mm -hmm. Is there ever been a better buying opportunity in the market than maybe that moment? It, and, and again, just taking my own guts back to those days, it doesn't feel like it's so easy to look in the rearview mirror and say, oh, of course, it was going to bounce back in two months. But I recall conversations with folks where they're wondering if we're going to even, you know, have food on the shelves and folks were collecting yeah. toilet paper. And yeah, so it's so it's so um, easy to think back on it now. And it's so it, it's such a common refrain to say buy low, sell high. But it's like leaning into the knife as, as it's cutting you. And it just <laughs> it feels so backwards to do it that way. And yet you're saying that it actually brings peace of mind and your math works out and the opportunities work out. So that's great. Right. I don't know when it's going to happen, Yeah, but it's going to happen. And it, I don't know what arena it's going to happen in, but now I don't have to waste all my time and energy trying to find it. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's going to surface. And if you're ready, you can do it. And just for our audience, just to always remind when you borrow against your policy, it does not interrupt its future guaranteed growth or its future dividends, even though you've borrowed against your capital. Yeah. So you're winning on both sides of the ledger. You confidently bought something on sale. Okay. Well, what if it doesn't rebound? You still bought it at the bottom mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and you're not going to get hurt. And if you sell it at that point, then you just put your money back in your policy and wait for the next one. However, one thing that we've learned is the markets do rebound. They do recover. And that's the spread I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to buy at 100 and sell it at 200. I'm interested in on sale and let it get back to normal. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a fun way. So that's what makes me sleep at night. It's Love peaceful. It. It's easy. You don't have to be super smarter than the next guy. You just need to have the, the ability to take advantage of these, these opportunities. Yeah. Patience all. and courage, I'd say, is what I hear as you describe this. You had the patience to wait for the headlines to show red, and then the courage to lean against the herd and to go out and do something when everyone else was running away. That's great. What about other clients? Do they share your patience? Do they share your courage? What are some examples of how you've helped some clients use this bank on yourself concept? We talk about it. We talk about it all the time. And people call me with, you know, someone approached me with this and this to, to get involved. And that's always my question. Well, are you buying at market or at a discount? And that just to create some pause, 
to create some goals. You know, what, what are we really trying to accomplish? But gosh, my clients have used the concept and policies for as simple as just retirement planning. You know, I'm going to save and I want to know my money is going to be there for me. I want to know it's tax footprint. You know, that's the other super peaceful part about these policies is, you know, your tax footprint, hmm. which under today's laws is we're, we're going to have tax free retirement income. I know you are. I know I am. Yeah. Now we may have some other products that are taxable, but those products were purchased by buying them on sale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some other fun ways that I'm really helping some of my business owners now is employee retention. So here's a big one, right? You know, that 401k concept, it's been around for a while. That's what everyone assumes they want, but we're educating employers now. They don't have to go into that expensive arena as an employer and then have to offer it to every employee is that we can have selective policies for key employees that will serve their employee far better short-term and long-term, and it helps the business owner retain that key person. So there's so many unique attributes and, and ways to design these. And it's really what your imagination can figure out because there's applications across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. There's a reason. I think the imagination is lost on traditional financial planning. Just put your money in a target date fund and see you in 40 years. Where's the imagination? Where's the creativity? Where's the courage? And Mark, what I hear you saying, both with your own personal life, as well as the lives of your clients is, we get to be creative. We get to find our own agenda rather than the agenda of Wall Street. I love that it's it's not following the herd. It's not following someone else's agenda for your own life. It's your own agenda for your life, which is really remarkable. I, I just want to bring up, I, I really believe in the financial pyramid and you just got to understand the foundation of that pyramid has to be solid. It has to be guaranteed. It has to be growing and it has to be liquid. And the bigger and the thicker and the wider you can make that foundation, the more you can take some risk at the pinnacle of your pyramid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, society's doing it flip-flop. They're, the money that's coming into our our 20-somethings, 30-somethings, 40-somethings is going right into qualified plans, not accessible, not liquid, not guaranteed. And when the market's correct, it flips over, it crashes a little bit. So by building your foundation with these types of plans and policies will give you opportunity to take some risks. Let's just not do it in reverse order. There you go. My, My daughter and I, we were watching this video on YouTube of a plant on super fast speed, like they'll plant a seed in the ground and at like a super duper fast speed, it'll turn into a plant. And what truly caught my attention this time around was the, the depth of that root is sometimes as long or taller than the height of the plant. Uh, so we only see the very small top part of the, the plant doing its thing, bearing its fruit, whatever, growing its leaves but the true access to the liquidity, meaning water, life-giving water, is a taproot that goes down sometimes twice as long as the tree is tall, yeah. uh, which is truly remarkable. And it's it's the most boring, ugly looking thing. <laughs> it's not razzle-dazzle with flowers coming off of it. It's just a big old white string going under underground, but it's truly what makes the whole thing work and, and keeps it strong when the winds blow. If you could go back to like 32-year-old Mark, who's getting his 401k, 
1992, you said? I was just thinking the the 401k was only 11 years old going back that far. Isn't that, and, funny? Isn't that crazy? Because that's not that long ago, I don't think. Maybe I'm getting old too. But I mean, 1992 is like a blink of the eye in the whole financial universe. And yet uh, here you are, you know, you're getting that 401k. What would you say to, to young Mark uh, at this point, <laughs> if you could go back and talk to him? I would say build your capital source first, because you're going to have a bigger need for for self-financing over the next 10 years than you are chasing rate of return. And don't put my money in a place I can't get to it. That's just, don't let anyone else hold your money when you can hold it and do other great things with it. Not to mention some tax favorability, avoid the trendy. There's a lot of talk on Bitcoin and I'm not going to say I'm for or against it, but that's in that environment of trendy right now. And there's a lot to learn. And I, I see a lot of people rushing to it. And I, I think I just saw one of the 401k providers is going to allow you to start buying Bitcoin in 401ks. Again, you still can't touch it without penalty and all the other things, but mm-hmm. it's interesting. And um, is it going to be there for you in the future? I don't know. Uh, but I would definitely encourage all of our uh, listeners out there to learn this concept, see how it applies and see how efficient we can make your household with this um, concept. Guys, go back and listen to the last, oh, 60 seconds there, because that was some gold from someone who has seen the light (laughs) after going through some dark days in the financial universe anyway. So that's awesome, Mark. Thank you. I I worry about people that were born after 1989, 1990, because once they got out of college, what did they see from 2010 to 2022? nothing but markets going north. So they've never experienced that pain. They might've saw the, the 2020 blip, but they might actually, it was so fast. It was a blip. So I'm really, you know, want to make sure that group of individuals take time to realize everything doesn't go up forever. There is going to be some uh, takeaways and you just don't want to be on that side of it you're right. The generation that may be listening to this and some others who have started their investment life starting in, like you say, 2010, 11, so on. There's really not been a prolonged protracted recession in this long span of time, which is very abnormal. And if we're going to have reversion to the mean, right? If we're going to come back up to what it's worth or come back down to what it's really worth, there's going to be some big changes, uh, in value. When the market crashes, it's got a long way to come back up. But when it's frothy, it's got a long way to come down. And who knows what the market is doing when you listen to this. But as of late April 2022, our year-to-date return for the Dow Jones is down 8.5%. Meanwhile, we've had 8.5% inflation uh, over the same <laughs> year. What is that doing to your money? And more importantly, what will it do? I always think to speak on the crypto piece, and again, I don't have a crystal ball on that one either, Mark, but usually when things are made available inside your 401k, it's sort of like shopping at the mall. (laughs) Uh, Retail prices are not exactly what you want to pay for your financial future. Uh, I call the, um, the stuff in your 401k, the amateur retail investment products. And Mark, you've been telling us ways that you've not paid retail prices in fact, you've been paying wholesale. You've been, you've been paying direct prices, right? You've been right. doing direct and using the policy gives you that 
a special arbitrage. You can play both sides of the market. If the market does crash and you pick the wrong side of the, the state for the hurricane, <laughs> at uh -huh. least your policy was still giving you some growth. As, as we wrap up, I guess I'd love to know, what is it that's sort of most gratifying to you about being a part of this community? And, and I want to just pause for a second, Mark, and say to the listeners, you and I are both colleagues in the bank on yourself revolution. We're both bank on yourself professionals. There's only a couple hundred of us around the country. Uh, I'm in Chicago land where you hail from originally, but now you're down in, in the uh, the golden state, the sunshine state of Florida. But you and I both represent two of several hundred people who are earnestly out there sharing this message uh, and enlightening the masses, you might say. And I, I just have this dream that what if even just 10% of America had what you have, right? It, what oh. kind of divorce rate would change? What kind of credit card debt would go down? What kind of student loan solutions would we come up with? What kind of banking at the you and me level could we come up with and just right. get out of the business of banks altogether? So what's so gratifying? Why do you do what you do? Why do you get out of bed in the morning and, and serve as a bank on yourself professional? Uh, well, when I first got started with zero clients, you start with zero and then there's one and then there's a couple. And one thing that changed for me is all those uh, interactions, I've, I've never been told so many times that God bless you for doing what you're doing. And that really got me that I was touching and having an impact on their, forget the financial life, but their life so that they could live more peacefully and more prosperously. And all, that kind of got my juices flowing. Hey, I, this is healthy for me too. Not only help and build a business, but helping these people is helping me um, be a good practitioner, you know, and then time has gone and you get a couple hundred, it grows and compounds. And then their family keeps, brings their family to you. And then their kids or grandkids to you. And that's really, really gratifying. But the one thing that I, we have a little slogan in our office is our clients are at all time highs as of today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's over yeah. than it's, it's more than yesterday. And it's going to be more, they're going to be an all-time high tomorrow. So every day we kind of just laugh, hey, Mr. Jones, he's at an all-time high because your policy will not go backward due to market influences. So, That's so cool. <laughs> that is what is really gratifying that I can tell my clients or future clients, by the way, we're never going to have that phone call. And they say, what do you mean that phone call? That phone call that we lost some of your money. We're not going to have that. And they, and my clients laugh a little bit when I say it, but I go, I am serious. <laughs> if you follow the plan, you're always going to have a new all-time high day after day. Mm -hmm. Not get rich quick, but it will be there tomorrow morning. It'll be better. And let's do that for the rest of your life. That, that uh, gets me up off my couch, man. That's awesome. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Every day is a new net worth all-time record high in your policy because it's growing on a predictable schedule every day, every month, every year. That's lovely. That's, That's it. very cool. That's it. Tell us, how can we get in touch? How can we learn more about what you're up to and even have a chance to chat with you? Well, there's an easy link you can click on and it's uh, bookwithmark.com. And I got to preface that I am Mark with a C. He's Mark with a K. So bookwithmarc.com. Love it. Bookwithmark.com, M-A-R-C. So Mark, thank you, man. This has been awesome. You're doing a great job changing the world, changing lives one person at a time. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mark. All the best. 
thank you again, Mark, for coming on the show and for sharing your wisdom and insight. And I think you're also your passion for what you do for clients. It's truly remarkable. And it, it inspires me to just keep up after you as best as I can. And of course, Mark wrapped up by talking about how his clients hit an all-time record high every single day. When he walks in his offices, he just gets to shout out that all of his clients are hitting all-time record highs today. And I just think that's absolutely unique as a bank on yourself professional to be able to always give your clients such good news like that uh, so that today's record high is only going to be eclipsed by tomorrow's record high because the policy's cash value grows on a guaranteed basis every single day, every single year. Really pleased to hear that that's part of his mindset and prerogative, and it's how he's been able to help so many clients reach their financial goals. I am so proud to be a part of the Bank on Yourself Professionals crew, and I have a great deal of respect for Mark and so many of my other colleagues in the Bank on Yourself Revolution. If you'd like to be a part of the Bank on Yourself Revolution, make sure you reach out to Mark, uh, and you can do that by going to his website he mentions, and we'll put in the show notes as well. So thank you, everybody, for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.